Madrid's become one of the hottest cities in Europe lately, and we're not just talking about the weather in July. Two Spanish tour guides who recently took us on a walk through their city are back to show us the romantic side of Madrid and to get us better acquainted with the Spanish capital up close. Our guides are Javier Menor and Federico Garcia Barroso. Javier and Federico, thanks for joining us. Gracias, Rick. Thank you. Gracias. When you bring an American through Madrid, as you do day in and day out, what do you find surprises your American guests uh, the most? It's a friendly city. They feel comfortable. And often it's a place they feel they could live in. They, they're really surprised when they see towns of people walking on the streets at any time of the day, any time of the night, you know. They just usually think about if we do ever work, you know, because people are there. <laughs> it feels like everybody's on vacation when I'm in Madrid, and it's just a thriving city. There's a new pedestrian lane that's been uh, built almost connecting the Royal Palace with the Prado Museum, isn't there? Terrific, because people go everywhere in a short walking distance, you know, nice and clean streets, and people really enjoy that. No? And it's an incredibly modern city. It's a thriving city of three or four million people, depending on how you count it. And you've got beautiful traditions going on. If you stumble into this one little um, the church of uh, Corpus Christi, mm-hmm. you can find the cloistered sisters. Oh, yes. And actually, you can see them. Because in that uh, 1700s church, when you walk in, you've got uh, on one side the small church and the main altar. But on the opposite side, like 10 feet above the ground level, you've got a huge grilled window. Behind the window, that is cloistered, and you can see the nuns attending service. You're sort of like a peeping, worshipping Tom. Basically. <laughs> so you can go to that church, and the cloistered sisters are sitting there behind the grill, mm-hmm. enjoying the same mass that you might be. who never leave the premises will leave there. And if you're interested in a snack, mm-hmm. and you have a sweet tooth, and mm-hmm. you want to sort of um, help contribute to the work of the sisters, of what can you do? You just go there, and you just knock on the door, and then, well... You, you follow just, the uh, sign that says uh, sweets for sale or something. Venta de dulces. So you go in mm-hmm. and you find this, like this Lazy Susan. Lazy Susan, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's got walls on it. Mm-hmm. So you'll hear somebody's voice, mm-hmm. but you won't see anybody. You don't see anybody. Always a very old cracked voice. It's an it's old, very craggy old voice. Man. That's right. And uh, they know you want cookies. So you just say uh, cookies and all of a sudden the Lazy Susan, which must be 100 years old. That is actually from, from if I'm not wrong, I can see on the, on the wooden window, 1761. So it is 250 years old. Yeah. And it is something that uh, we have done for ages to buy cookies from the nuns. And may I say, when I was only two weeks old, I was in the Lazy Susan because my family was in good mm-hmm. terms with a cloistered nuns convent. And they took me into the convent. So they gave you a little 360-degree spin yeah. through the convent? No, actually, I was in the cloister section with for a few minutes with the nuns. Oh, that's so nice. You saw yeah, I was only two nuns. weeks old. You see, you saw the cloistered nuns when you were two weeks old. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of cookies are these that you get? Well, they have everything. Tea cookies, they have uh, yak cookies. They Coconuts. Have, uh, coconut also. Almond cookies. Almond cookies, those are the best, I think. Galletas. Shortbread. Orange flavor also. They run out of stock sometimes, so you oh, can yeah, only buy do. what they have. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking about Madrid with Javier Menor and Federico Garcia Barroso. Our phone number is 877-333-7425. Alfonso's on the phone in Allen, Texas. Alfonso, thanks for your call. Thank you very much, Rick. Nice to be on the call with you. I actually grew up in Madrid uh, when I was a kid, and then I went back to study abroad when I was in college. And um, obviously, I'm very attached to the city. One of, one of the things that I wanted to get your uh, guest opinion on and, and maybe also recommendation for fellow uh, travelers would be to check out a Real Madrid game when they're in Madrid. I think from a personal experience, it's 
I'm a big soccer fan, so that's a great thing. But I think it's also that shows you a great uh, character of the uh, Spanish society when you really get to see the um, Spanish psyche in it. And I think it's it's great also the pregame and the postgame atmosphere. It's very different from a professional sporting event in the U.S. So, Alfonso, you're talking about going to the, the big soccer stadium in Madrid and seeing the very popular local team, Real Madrid, play. Exactly. Exactly. Javier, what's your recommendations well, on that? I just wanted to thank you, Alfonso, because lately everybody talks about the Barcelona soccer team. But thanks yeah, for no, supporting we, we Real we'll Madrid. Like talk about that. Exactly. <laughs> so now, how realistic is it, uh, Javier, for an American tourist who doesn't speak Spanish, uh, doesn't have a lot of money to go see a soccer Unless game? Unless it's an important game, right? one of those really highlights, it's accessible. You can get a ticket for maybe over 50 euros. Mm-hmm. And it's an 80,000 people stadium. 80,000 people. And, and you pay mm-hmm. 50 euros. That's like uh, $70 depends on the game. for a ticket. You yeah. can maybe get a ticket for that. And it's so exciting. Very friendly. And you're surrounded people by like 80,000 Madrilinos. There's probably not sure. many tourists there. Uh, always find a few, yeah. but uh, not many. Right. And it's friendly. Kids go there, won't be any trouble. And it's real exciting. Alfonso, you were talking about enjoying the pre- and the post-game action. What do you mean by that? Pre-game, actually, people sort of convene outside of the stadium. And uh, there's a lot of bars. There's actually a, a really nice tapas bar on one of the corners called La Lateral, which I really enjoy going to. And just sort of, you, you, you talk to people, you really see sort of people just have more of what they call tertulias, right? They, they talk about the game, they talk about the players. So I think it's a great experience. So you have the tailgate kind of action, but without the tailgates. Exactly. Very different from an American uh, sports tailgating. All right. And after the game, how, what's it like? Um, well, if Madrid wins, it's usually pretty good. If Madrid loses, it, it, you know, it's, it's probably more of a somber atmosphere. But I think you can actually tour the stadium when there's not a, a game going on. Oh, yes, of course. I, hey, amigo, did you see the, the museum, Real Madrid Museum? Exactly. There's a, there's a museum, there's a restaurant, although the restaurant's mm-hmm. in nice, it's a little bit overpriced. And there you see in the museum, by the way, that Real Madrid has been classified as the best soccer team ever in the history of the 20th century. They show you that. Is that right? Yeah. Now, what is the season, Federico, for the soccer games? Well, it's actually mm, late August. Late August, uh, exactly. Early June. Uh-huh. Late August until early June? It's just the, the, depends on the year, but approximately. Almost mm-hmm. the whole year, then, except for the hottest part, July yep. and August. And in the yeah. summer, we have summer tournaments. Okay, so mm-hmm. you can see we, soccer any time of year. We live on soccer. You live on baseball. We live on soccer. Mm-hmm. All right. And you feel a very a big energy in the stadium with 80,000 people. I don't think Americans understand the passion for what Europeans call football yeah. <laughs> uh, until you go to the stadium, and you're going to learn a lot about more than soccer. And uh, European stadiums <laughs> often and within the cities. They're very vertical. They're not spread out, and they don't have a parking lot. So it's That's a different right. experience. Alfonso, thanks for the, uh, the insight and the recommendation. No problem. Thank you, Rick. Great show. Thank thanks. you, and happy travels. Suzanne's on the line from Riverside, California. Suzanne, thanks for your call. Hello. I went, went on my very first European trip ever, and the first place we landed was Madrid. And I, I'm telling you, I just fell in love with that city. The people, more than anything else, the people and the architecture were just so incredibly amazing. I was on a, a structured tour, but the time that we had outside of the tour to just kind of wander through the city was so incredible. You can just stop anybody anywhere and have a full-on conversation, and they, you never know what you're going to get. That's so cool. Your first day in Europe was in Madrid, and you just had a yeah. beautiful time with the people. 
<laughs> you know, one thing I like to do when I'm in Madrid is to take the electrical bus right through the old center. It goes around. It's one of these, uh, they call them slipper buses for the older ladies that hardly get out of their slippers and robes but need to get down to the grocery store and can't really mm-hmm. walk a long way. Mm-hmm. Is that still going, this this little electrical it's bus? Still, it's still going. It's still going. And it is, it is actually quite popular. And quite you can popular. sit in that and just enjoy the ride and talk to people as they come and go for the whole mm-hmm. trip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Suzanne, what would you recommend for people when they're in Madrid to be sure to do? Well, to get off the beaten path. Right. We would start our day almost every day in Puerto del Sol uh-huh. and just kind of wander. One day we would go one direction, go shopping, but the best times we had were after 10 o'clock at night, just kind of strolling through the city with everybody outside. So wait a minute, you're, you're a woman, it's your first day in Europe, you're in a big city, nobody knows you, and you're out at midnight walking around? Oh, yeah. You will never feel alone because 10 p.m., streets are crowded. That's yeah. true. Oh, Lots absolutely. of people. If you were in, in L.A., this would be 3 o'clock in the afternoon. The city is just full of people. It seemed that when the sun was going down, which was about 9, 10 o'clock at night, we somehow were out in front of the palace every night. And there were people on roller skates and roller blades and walking mm-hmm. their dogs. And oh. in this concrete city, there were so many people out with walking their dogs every night. In, in front of the royal palace. And i, I got to yeah. say, sunset by the palace is it really is nice. great. And that used to be such a horrible traffic congestion place there, and now it is landscaped. Mm-hmm. It's got outdoor cafes. Mm-hmm. It's got the palace right there. Mm-hmm. You just think... Every American should come here and see how to organize and design. The a day big I grow city. up, I want to buy a penthouse in that square. <laughs> What's the name of that square? <laughs> Plaza de Oriente. So place of the Orient. One day when I become a grown up, I want to live there. Oh, invite me over. That city just made such an impact on me. I'm going to live in Madrid someday. I don't know when, I don't know how. I may be 80 years old when I do it, but I'm going to live in Madrid someday. I just love your words because you, you really capture the, the sense of Madrilenians. I mean, I, I really, I really like what you say because that's what I think. But I am Madrilenian. That's my city. What can I say? But when I see that a foreigner comes for the first time and you immediately understand all that, I mean, it's, it's just, just terrific because and, that is uh, the way to enjoy Madrid. Susana, next time you come, call us. We'll <laughs> take you for a beer. <laughs> <laughs> and this is I a found, promise. I found a, um, a little bar between Plaza Mayor and the Opera Metro Stop mm-hmm. that had the best sangria I've ever had and <laughs> I've been trying to duplicate it since I've been home don't forget about the wine oh, <laughs> oh I couldn't forget the wine <laughs> and you know Susanna you may try and try and try to recreate that sangria back home and in fact you could create physically the same sangria back in Riverside California but you're not it in Spain not the that's the thing sangria the is really sangria when you are in the homeland of Javier Menar and Federico Garcia Barroso. Thanks, Susanna, for your call. All righty. Thank you. Happy travels. Thank you. Bye-bye, Susanna. Bye-bye. We are really friendly I, uh, people. I mean, with all my respect to many other places in Spain, we are the friendly people. I use the phrase that Barcelona is a top model. She's beautiful but inaccessible. Mm-hmm. And Madrid is the hot girl next door. No, Absolutely. I can see the travel is. poster right now. You know, I wouldn't disagree with you. I think Barcelona is a beautiful place. But if you, if you just want to go out and have fun with the, the gang, hmm. Madrid is so it's accessible. It's a different feeling. Hmm. Javier, Federico, thank you very much. You've given us a lot of great ideas about your beautiful city. Thank you, Rick. Gracias. Un placer. Rick Steves has spent a third of his adult life in Europe researching and writing guidebooks. His classic, Europe Through the Back Door, teaches the skills of smart travel. 
At Rick Steves online travel store, you'll also find guidebooks and phrasebooks for Spain, Portugal, and every other corner of Europe. To learn more about Rick's books for Iberia and beyond, visit the travel store at ricksteves.com. <laughs>